0: You're now listening to the Limerick Post News Roundup. I'm your host Keen Reinhardt and this is where we bring you the week's news in bite-sized portions. This week's podcast is sponsored by Therapy Clinic in Limerick and I'm now joined in the studio by Bernie English, our journalist. Bernie, how are you getting on?
1: I'm good, Keane. Thank you very much. It was a very nice sandwich.
0: It was a lovely sandwich. Sure uh, there was a few a few bopping around there. Delicious. Filled me up. Bernie, this week's paper, I see a story about campaigners taking to the streets of Limerick about the hospital. Yeah, crisis. the
1: only surprising thing about this story, Keane, is perhaps that it didn't happen before. Now, we're speaking on Thursday morning, and there is going to be a protest outside the hospital at five o'clock this afternoon by the newly formed Midwest Hospital Campaign group um now this is not a political group as such it doesn't have any particular allegiance to any party this although there is obviously uh, a political input there but mostly it's just people who are uh, have either been on waiting lists or had friends or relatives on waiting lists Uh, loved ones who sat in trolleys for two days at a time um you know people who represent the elder the older older community who feel that they should have a better service it's basically people who've come out the wrong side of the hospital system and they're just fed up with it and they can't figure out why uh, in this day and age with the amount of money we pay in taxes and the amount of the spend that there is on health that we can't have in a state-of-the-art hospital a more efficient way of dealing people who need treatment so they've they formed this this pressure group and today is the first of i understand it will be a series of actions
0: and what took me uh, by surprise was the photo says it was in 2017 was the last time there was a protest of this type yeah that's that's kind of extraordinary isn't it when you think about everything that's happened in the news in the last two years it expected to be
1: well it's easy in our in our job as you know you can get a little bit inured to what's actually going on but um in writing the story for this week's paper i was just trawling back through some of the pieces that we've done recently and it, it really is an absolute disgrace and the hospital themselves are saying the ED is is, is not coping. Well, the well they've been
0: calling out for help for the last couple of years, especially in terms of yeah. staffing. and.
1: Uh, no, well, they've, they've had a recruitment drive yeah. on. Uh, you know, it's it's quite difficult to actually get people to go and work in the hospital because they've, heard, they've read about the conditions there. They know what the conditions are. And quite simply, um, in the private sector and abroad, nursing staff can get a much better deal. So they're voting with their feet. Exactly. Um, Now, the thing is that they're talking about this new 60-bed unit, which is in in construction as we speak. But that's still, in in reality, at least 18 months away from accepting its first patient. Uh, The 92-bed unit is even further down the road really somebody is going to the minister has said this week that he's going to make another unannounced visit he's announced that he's going to make an <laughs> unannounced visit to the hospital you know i don't know what he thinks he's going to see this time that he yep. didn't see last time or the time before he's going to see people on trolleys and really it's actually down to him to get to, to you know to get the HSE to knock heads together there's some very obvious uh, a lot of people are saying there's some very obvious solutions to this problem at least in the short term and part of that is to open up ed facilities in, in the other hospitals in the group, like Ennis, like Nina. And, uh, you know, why on earth that isn't being done? If a program needs to be put in place, really, there's a lot of people who are sitting out in the ED in Limerick don't need to be there. And it's not because they've twisted their ankle and it's not because they've broken a finger. It's because they have perhaps pulmonary difficulties or other difficulties related to age. Mm. Y- you know, there's an awful lot of illnesses that can be treated in the smaller yeah. hospitals. yeah. And ultimately, an awful lot of the people who end up in trolleys in, in in Limerick will be dispatched to Ennis or Nina as soon as there's a bed available, whereas they could be treated there in the first place.
0: And coming back to the staffing issue, so we spoke about this new block of beds, but yes. the staff issue is still going to be there.
1: Of course it is. Yeah, there's 100 vacancies in the hospital at yeah. the moment. Now, Colette Cowan, Professor Colette Cowan, the CEO, puts this in context of there being 1,700 staff in the hospital group. But, you know, that's not 1,700 doctors and nurses. That's 1,700 staff, yep. including porters, clerical staff. Um,
0: Canteen staff.
1: G- people, put, yeah. yeah, people bringing, people cleaning wards, people. Now, all of those are essential. Yeah. But at the same time, 100 missing nurses are going to be a lot more of an impact than 100 missing cleaners. Mm-hmm. And that has to be said.
0: Uh, certainly in this context. Anyway, yes, yeah. exactly. And then, uh, Bernie, on, on to some lighter news. Uh You had a trip out to the Old Irish Ways Museum. You know
1: what, we get to do nice jobs sometimes. It's not all doom and gloom.
0: This was part of another job, I believe. You were at a council meeting. That's
1: right. (laughs) 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 One of the last council meetings last year were held in this place, the Old Irish Ways Museum in Brough. And absolutely charming it was. Was so we can say with quite certainty, Keane, there was a council meeting held in a pub. <laughs> but unfortunately, there was no drink taken because there was, was it no the drink first? We're not sure. <laughs> was
0: it the last? We're not sure. But it, it happened this time. Yeah, yeah. yeah no,
1: it happened. It happened at the end of. It was the last of the last council. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is an an absolutely fascinating um, facility, which was is the work of local collector, rough, rough collector Dennis O'Connor, and it's actually in a huge barn type building in his backyard. <laughs> and he has the most extraordinary collection of all sorts of stuff from the 1940s, 50s, 60s. You know, there's, um, there's an old shop there. Uh, I walked into the reconstructed classroom and I was five years old again. You know? Screaming. Uh, yeah, yeah, drank, dragged kicking and screaming. <laughs> down to the posters on the walls. He's raised stuff up out of everywhere and it's like household stuff, it's commercial stuff, it's uh, farming machinery. Started actually as a tribute to his dad after his dad died, his dad had, had, uh, had bought one of the new Massey Ferguson's, well, yeah. new to him then. And it was, the, it was the pride and joy of his farming life. So after his dad died, they actually restored the tractor brilliant, and put it on show. And then he started finding other things at uh, car boot sales. And, stuff. and it's actually resulted in a whole uh, monument to a, a way of life which is largely lost. Even a telephone box where you press button A, you wouldn't remember that. You're way too young. <laughs> <laughs> we, used to, though we used to go around to the one locally and stuff papers into it so that if people didn't get through and press button B, they didn't get their money back. But we pulled the papers out. We got the price of the cinema. Yeah, um,
0: We're past the statute of limitations on that. Are, are we, we are, definitely. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't even know how much 5 p is worth anymore. Yes. <laughs> but uh, I think when I was out there, I think there was a second Massey Ferguson as well. He had the original that he restored for his dad. And then there was a second tractor beside it i think
1: that's right there was now i don't know much about that one Cain, yeah, but it, it's constantly growing which is you yeah, know it's, it's everything and i mean we're not just talking about huge sort of relics of bygone day mm-hmm. everything down to little matchboxes and yeah. cigarette boxes and, the,
0: and the taps and in the bar upstairs the taps bar upstairs yeah, yeah we, mm-hmm.
1: we, we were joking because um an element of the, of the council meeting involved a policing briefing and we were trying to get the local sergeant to say, uh, would you ever waive the old uh, licensing laws and <laughs> put us an old point there for the day? <laughs> that's enough. <that's> <laughs> but uh, he demurred.
0: <laughs> uh, so that story and all your other stories, Bernie, are available in this week's Limerick yeah, Post and newspaper. Yeah, if you
1: want to look up the Old Irish Ways Museum online... Um, you need to make a phone call. It's open pretty much all the time because it's in Dennis' backyard. But his number is there and you can give him a ring and he's very happy to open up for people if he's not Great. actually open at the time you go.
0: And it's definitely well worth the trip oh, after completely. it is. Oh,
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Bernie, thanks very much. Thanks very much, Keane. This week's podcast is brought to you in association with Therapy Clinic in Limerick. And I'm joined in studio now by host of the Limerick Post Show, the Megan Scully. Megan, how are you getting on?
2: I'm good. How are you? This week I'm is not too giant. bad.
0: Yeah, You've had a hectic week, even though you... Apparently had a few days off. They weren't really days off.
2: Yeah, I had days off the Limer Post show um, <laughs> Monday and Tuesday, but I was uh, otherwise engaged. So you
0: yeah, were indeed yeah, traveling everywhere. So what's the crack with the show this week?
2: Um well we have chatted to singer songwriter Jane Fraser from Limerick. Um she's kinda of jazz and blues singer, she's got an incredible voice and we've got a performance with her as well. So that's coming out in the show. We'll also be chatting chatting to Lorraine keen who used to be on Expose. Um so it'll be an interesting to chat to her. I actually met her at the Imrose on Friday night. Lovely. How so did that go? Really good. It's a really mm. good fun night. Um met Having Dermot in and Kenny, wasn't it? Out in at yeah. Lyra so uh Dermot Day of course um, were there and they met in the out and about section and then Willie the dream come true I for Dermot yeah. Willie and Jay Jay Hartigan won um, an Imro Award as well so it was great for Limerick so yeah it was a really good night and uh, yes yeah, so I haven't caught up my sleep yet but I'll get there eventually um, but then also we'll be chatting to Nigel Callan from the Shannon Heritage Group so basically they have King John's Castle Bunrati Castle Malahide Castle. Malahide Castle. Yeah, Lo- all the loads. castles, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so, Chand Tim about, about basically all the work they do. And also, speaking of King John's Castle, there is a vlog that is online now um, of me checking out everything that is behind those walls.
0: Yeah, you had a good laugh in there, didn't you? Yeah. Sword cool. fighting, the whole lot. Loads to do, actually. Yeah.
2: Very, a real kind of, um, you're not just walking around reading off the wall, you're actually partaking in activities as well. So, there's loads to do.
0: And after a few attempts, you were actually decent at the archery.
2: <laughs> I was very good at the archery, After <laughs> a few
0: attempts. There's a few, few
2: though. <laughs> random sports that uh, i'm actually quite good at
0: there is a bloopers reel that i'm holding on to for a special occasion but um <laughs> until <laughs> the day <laughs> <laughs> bloopers like, oh god and uh here megan today is international mental health day yes it is and you have a new book out <laughs>
2: I most certainly do so I have to head back to Galway after this because we are launching Mental Health for Millennials Volume 3 um, in NUIG and I am one of the contributors to the book so basically every, a lot of people have put in chapters um, in this book we have Irish rugby star Robbie Henshaw so for some really cool people in there as well and some kind of personal and professional stories um, with referencing and everything so it's like properly like you know, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's Harvard style referencing, but there's referencing in there, so there's it's all like proper legit. And um, so it's been a great kind of year working on that. So yeah, we launched that tonight, and I know as well with Limerick Mental Health Week, there's loads taking place across Limerick City and County as well. So I would urge you if you are around and if you're free to check them out as well and just see what's going on because it's always nice to get involved. I actually think the lighting of the rivers on tonight. The isn't?
0: lighting in the rivers on tonight, as well as the North Star commemoration of hope there you go yeah, which is usually of a good service lovely
2: I was at the lighting of the river last year and it was really brilliant cool. wasn't it yeah it was Se- really seeing cool. everyone
0: heading up the river and it you remember the Liam shows McCarthy? in a different light doesn't it
2: yeah it was cool and Liam McCarthy was there Liam was on a boat wrapped he in he was lights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get him back next year
0: <laughs> and then uh, Megan come here before you go
2: yes
0: when does the Limerick Post show come out
2: every Friday so if you head over to Limmerpost.e forward slash show you'll see all our video contents there and we are up on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter as well
0: and correct me if I'm wrong, but videos get released during the week as well. It's
2: Which not video? just on a Friday. Oh, sorry. I was like, what were you talking about now? <laughs> um, yeah, well, we pretty much have videos going out in the daily, um, but the full show is always every Friday.
0: Megan, thanks very much for joining us and have a safe trip. Thanks for having me. I'm now joined in studio by journalist John Keogh from Sporting Limerick. John, how are you
3: getting on? I'm all good, you Keogh, now yourself?
0: Not too bad. You had a fairly busy weekend last weekend. The it storm was. held off for you, we were just it talking about.
3: It did. It held off until Saturday up in Tom Clifford Park with your Munster and Clantarf. But yeah, we were Friday night we were out with Sporting Limerick film in the streaming the ladies' intermediate final between Old Mill and Mungret, which Old Mill won by a point. Cracking game, actually. It was a good game. You're getting fairly handy at the commentary as well, John. Well, thanks, Kim. yeah. I'll take play. that as a compliment. <laughs> I don't know if everyone will share that <laughs> view, but look, yeah, things are going well and, and we're busy, so it's good.
0: That's good. But a uh, few games over the weekend.
3: Yeah, you did the senior Hurling final uh, between Patrick Swell and the Pearce that wasn't streamed by us. We did the Premier Intermediate Hurling final. We'll talk about the senior first. Um, Patrick Swell, unbeaten throughout the season, were the winners of the Senior Hurling Championship. So they'll now go on and play the Waterford winners next month in the Munster Club Championship. But just talking about the final itself, you know, Patrick Swell were outside of a very brief spell, not a very brief spell, start the second half, Napierci scored six points on the trot to level the game and then Patrick Swell came back again at them, but it was, um, it wasn't, wasn't the greatest game, wasn't the best final we've seen in the last number of years, although Napierci had a fairly comfortable victory last year against Dune. It wasn't the best game, conditions were tricky from the rain that had fallen Saturday, a lot of players slipping and sliding around the place, but Patrick Swell had something like 16 wides as well in the game, kind of showed their dominance, yeah. a lot of missed chances and appear she just didn't play anywhere near their own capabilities and they'll freely admit that themselves
0: I say there's a bit of disappointment in that camp so
3: th- th- there has to be disappointment yeah. like it, at the launch of the final couple of weeks before um, their captain Will who was telling us that look they didn't perform against Kilmallock they were very very confident of rectifying that against Patrick Swell and it, it just didn't happen for them I've obviously a lot of people will talk about the loss of Shane Dowling which Clearly is a huge loss to yeah. them with his knee injury, but they didn't perform on the day and they were beaten. And that's, you know, even Patrick's well side, we've mentioned many times in this podcast over the year.
0: And that's the side that wasn't without injuries themselves.
3: No, they, 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 they had a couple of niggles. Aaron what is still isn't fit, you yeah. know, he's come back from a double fracture in his jaw. And you can see he's not at his sharpest, but still came out with it. With, I think it was six points in the game. Okay, they were all frees, but... Still six he was points, causing six a lot points, of damage but look, think, the yeah. performance of the afternoon was Keane Lynch you know he hasn't had a, the best of club seasons himself you know he has, has had a few quiet games sent off against Kilmalik in the group stages and missed their final group game but when he, when he was needed he, he, stepped, just, up. he stepped up and captain of the team and putting in a man of the match performance just some of the, like he scored the first point within 20 seconds and he beat three or four players outrageous bit of skill and talent and just Everything that is Keen Lynch was on show, and just you knew from that meant the first minute. Uh oh, from the appearance point of view, that Keen Lynch is on form and his midfield partner. And that was that was a big thing for Patrick's well. Was the dominated midfield with Keen Lynch and Josh Consolan. Josh Consolan scored one two from midfield, a very talented young hurler from the well as well. You know, so so they look they go ahead now, which they said wasn't a big deal going into the game. They go ahead now in the role of honour of Limerick with 20 club titles ahead of a hand on 19. It's all in all huge, huge day for Patrick Swell and of course Keane Lynch getting to lift the Daily Cup with the men of the match on top. It was a fairly sweet thing for them.
0: Brilliant. So then uh, they'll be looking towards, uh, I assume it's going to be Bally Gunner. I'll leave that assumption to yeah. you, being a Waterford <laughs> expert.
3: You'd imagine so given Bally Gunner's dominance yeah. in recent years, but stranger things have happened. That, you that's know. true as well, yeah. You know, a lot of people, okay, maybe not.
0: Anything enough. can happen in the game of we I suppose.
3: Exactly. Yeah. So you, you would think it is going to be Bally Gunner and Bally Gunner, of course, Pete and Piercy last year and last year's monster final. Um, it's too early to say that game. It's a month away. Like there's, yep. there's three Patrick's Well players now on their way to Barbados as we speak for a ten-day holiday. So I don't think that they, they, they'll enjoy that holiday. <laughs> a, a, a looming game against yep. Belly Gunner won't be of much. Won't be given much thought. We'd say
0: so. Uh, down to the Premier Intermediate then.
3: Yeah, well, cracker of a first game. That was a precursor to the senior game. Um, and you commented live
0: on that? We did. It was yeah. a f-
3: through our sister company, Stream Sport Ireland, um, for Limerick GA. Yeah, Black Rock and Kilima Fellas Ken really had everything. Okay, finished in a draw, and, and it was probably a fair result, and um, the way the game worked out. But it, it just did have everything. Paddy Lee, the Black Rock captain, gave a stunning performance at 11 points. And the opposite, Kildaimo, Palace-Kenry, free-taker Sean Barry had, had 11 points or 12 points as well. You know, two very good individual performances. Kildaymo Palace-Kenry will feel they didn't play to their optimum, a fair bit away from it. So in that final is replayed in, again in three weeks' time because the player's gone away on the, the Limerick Senior Hurlers' holiday. So who do you think would be the happier, the two teams coming out with it? A- Kildaymo, it's a tricky one. BlackRock dominated the game for, for, for a larger period of time and it was Kildaimo getting the levelling points and even though they were reduced to fourteen men, Blackrock were still a couple of points ahead. But Kildare got a, i would say Kalima got out of jail because they didn't play anywhere near their potential. Blackrock then were very, very good throughout. Will they be able to replicate that performance, given their selector or their manager Jimmy Quilty? I'd say they will. He's a very, very, very good, very good manager, full stop. But he was involved with Limerick and when they're All Ireland last year as well as a selector. Huge, huge reputation as Jimmy Quilty has been a very good selector and trainer and manager. So look, BlackRock will be looking to, to, to have a similar performance. It'll be interesting to see an outer keeper and very influential player, Richie Murphy, was sent off for an off-the-ball incident. As that happened, at the other end of the field, BlackRock were given a penalty. The referee had, saved, had to go from the penalty to send someone off-back up to the penalty. The penalty ended up being saved in just one of these bizarre couple of minutes of, of, of action. But you no, know, it was. It was a, arguably a better game Closeness wise and just
0: From a neutral More exciting from a, a neutral
3: point of view Than a senior game So, But a couple of three weeks time Should be a cracker of a, of a replay as well
0: So we have the Camogie final coming up this weekend
3: Yeah, Holder's a hand against Newcastle West Out in Brough on Sunday afternoon um, As I said, a hand backed by Limerick star Niamh Mulcahy we look at to win second in a row Newcastle West it, it's, it's kind of Newcastle West have been coming the last number of years And the last few years before that, before this year's final, it's been Granada Ballingari, Ahan. Ahan finally beat Granada Ballingari, I think it was the fourth attempt, fourth final in a row, them two teams. Last year, it's kind of got the monkey off their back. They've been very, very good this year, as have Newcastle West, um, backed by a number of Limerick players as well. Should be an absolute cracker of a game. And then Sunday afternoon again. We have the intermediate football final between Galtie Gales And Gerald Griffins
0: And we were just talking Before we came on These are two footballing clubs Football
3: only clubs <laughs> Both Both very remote places In Limerick um, You know Galtie Gales Out by the Galties Out next to Tipperary And Ballyhahel Of Gerald Griffins You know just, just pretty much On the Kerry border So as this well. is a
0: game For the football fans Absolutely really.
3: and, and even that It's a novel pairing The teams won The Junior A Championships In 2016-17 So they're just up Intermediate really and now looking to make the step up into senior. So it's a big, it's a big, um, it's a huge day for both small yeah. parishes as well. And it's great to see, I mean, the excitement at the launch of the, the, the players involved, the two captains and managers, just something to behold. So excited about what's on offer for them, but then marrying that with keeping, keeping a lid on things, you can just see. Both of them bursting. Can't <laughs> wait for final day, like and a chance to go senior as well, you know. So so it's a big it's massive for the parishes. Massive yeah. for, for two small parishes and as you, as you mentioned, two football only clubs. There is no hurling in Galtie Gales or Gerald Griffins, you know. It's it's it, it's just everything to them. But just just Sonic, Gerald Griffins will go in a slight favourites for it. They'd um they'd a huge win over Ratkeel in the quarter final, beat Clahan in the semi final, where Galty beat Mungret, but in the quarter final they came back from I think, I think they, against Rakil, they were seven points down or six points down and scored seven in a row to win that game. Just an unbelievable Brilliant. turnaround uh, in that game. Again, Rakil would have been firm favourites for as well. So that just gives you an, an idea of where Gerald G- Griffins are coming from. As I said, there will be favourites backed by Limerick panellist Tommy Griffin. So a, a huge and exciting game ahead for both clubs.
0: And you can keep up to date with all of those on SportingLimerick.com and, and Limerick and, Limerick Post. and Limerick JTV. And uh, John, are you enjoying the rugby? I was. You were, there's a bit of a break in it now. There's a bit of a break in it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's
3: definitely a bit of a break in it.
0: The old uh, Typhoon put a yeah, stop to some of Yeah, or Habibibas,
3: yeah. I'm not sure what they're calling it, but it's... Oh, where do we go with this? And Ireland's
0: lucky that they got that big win over Scotland, otherwise they could be in trouble. As
3: things are looking like turning out... I was just reading up on it before we started the podcast a while ago... Um, there's two games off. Italy New Zealand is off over the typhoon and England France is off. Italy are outraged, correctly outraged, because it's, it's a World Cup. You, you work four years for this, from the last World Cup to this World Cup, and you're told, no, the weather says no, yeah. you're out. And that the fact that there's nothing, there's no Ooh, to backup stadium plan. There's no or, backup yeah. plan. So, I mean, Italy legend Sergio Parisi was saying today. And, and, I, and I firmly agree with this as well. He said, if New Zealand needed four or five points in the game, the game would go ahead somehow somewhere yeah 100% agree with that he's dead right but because it's Italy that need to win eh, sure, it's fine it'll be grand you know England France is a de- dead rubber uh, and anyway so I mean that's that's it's still, it's, the game should still be played there's no point yeah. Ireland's point of view <laughs> may work out that a win over Samoa which given Ireland's form you'd expect but not guaranteed Um, on Saturday from their game could see them top the group after all despite the last of Japan because Japan and Scotland is now in doubt as a game so you also had as I was reading up beforehand a farcical thing where Gregor Townsend is saying oh no because Ireland's game with Small was in doubt earlier in the week now it seems it'll be fine Gregor Townsend said no no no, it has to be played the game the, the rules are there it has to be played two points each if the game isn't played which is what you get for a draw yeah. but it has remarkably has changed his tone somehow that Scotland's game is now in doubt and Gregor Townsend is looking for an out. So, I don't know. we have to so complete one eighty on that. Look, the the, the the basic point of the World Cup, it it is farcical. There's no, as Paris had mentioned well, it's not as if typhoons are a new thing in Japan. Yeah, this this was always a prospect. The fact that it's hit is, is bad luck. Fine, but you know, it, it
0: this should be planned for.
3: One hundred percent should yeah. be planned for. It Shouldn't this shouldn't happen? It's it's this is the zenith. It's the World Cup. Any World Cup of every sport is yeah. the. Well, if World it was sport. to happen
0: in the soccer, they'd move it to another stadium.
3: Well, what's coming with the soccer in Qatar? Maybe not. Well, because <laughs> yeah. we look, look at the past World me, Cups. It, it purely comes down yeah. to money, Keen, and that, that's uh, you. Uh, no one can sit down and argument and then or, or have a discussion about this and say, the, "the Rugby World Cup in Japan is for rugby reasons." It's not. yeah, Yeah. and and that's the same with every sport same with soccer and Qatar same with soccer and Qatar on a whole different spectrum of money like but it's wrong and the players are what make the games so when they're not first and it's happening in every sport it's happening in rugby more often than not now where the players are secondary you don't have a sport without the players exactly so I mean the the fact that there's even a hint of a game and then you don't
0: have things like the World Cup without the fans and you have
3: (laughs) But Scotland People. are saying we'll play the game behind closed doors but sure that's ridiculous yeah. as well that it's even come to that yeah. you know and I, okay I was jesting about Gregor Townsend and whatever else but I mean you don't have a game without fans I mean you, you, you've sported and I've gone off on one I know but you've sport it, 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 taking place behind closed doors when something major has happened well, it's not a good enough exactly. excuse yeah. At a World Cup That this is even A suggestion
0: And you can hear All of John's ranting. <laughs> 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 put up a link To John's
3: rant No so I, I Look
0: Ireland need to top the group Though really Because they don't no, want I, to I face
3: don't, I, I don't know if to do I mean South Africa Is very good as but well But do
0: they want to face The All Blacks Or do they want it to is face much it much of it?
3: muchness For Ireland yeah. Given the way they're playing Ireland need a huge performance Against Samoa And that's where Ireland Need to concentrate yeah. on If it could work out That even A draw against Samoa could see them top the group given what's happening with the, yeah, yeah. And the Scotland game. But they're, they're, it's a re- irrelevant. Ireland have to have to beat some more. Eleven changes to the team that they've named, with Tyburn getting a uh, start at the, at the in the back row. But yeah, that that's look. Forgetting about the other the, the sideshows Look, Ireland haven't been. We, we mentioned it last week, and they haven't been the top of their game. They've they been nowhere near it. Are. And whether it's the humidity, whether it's this, that, and the other, the excuse to go out the window. They need to beat some more, and they need to put in a performance. You saw South Africa against a Canada. performance for eighty minutes. Eighty not minutes, just, yeah. You know, not, no, yeah. no messing around now. That yep. this is four years of work here. Yep. You know, okay. You, you, Scotland performance was a very good performance for a lot of it. Slipped against Japan. Kind of got back to it against Russia. The one who got the bonus point. Everything else is superfluous when you look at it on paper. Okay, they've they've done what they need to do. Bonus point against Samoa is what's needed. Yeah get out and do it you saw Canada and South Africa yesterday South Africa the bones went after 20 minutes they went out and meant business and just bulldozed Canada and look Samoa have this they have that look re- let's be realistic the slip is against Japan and I know I'm sounding arrogant and everything like this but this is a team that was ranked number one in the world Yeah. poor enough Six Nations fine they've beaten the All Blacks twice in the last couple of years they've won the Six Nations they've done everything that you need to do going into a World Cup okay the slip against Japan and let's hope that's all it is We'll know on Saturday Saturday afternoon we're Ireland there, going into either New Zealand or South Africa.
0: And Munster are still in South Africa.
3: Munster are still in South Africa, speaking of South Africa. Yeah, they <laughs> could win over the Kings last week. Look, but they have a big test against the Cheetahs and uh, people may say, oh, it's just bigging up the lower countries again or Lower teams within the Pro 14. I don't think so this year.
0: Well, you were saying last week the Pro 14 South African teams are taking, they're, they're a, lot taking a lot more
3: seriously, and I think you saw that with the Kings. Munster had, had a fair amount of struggles against the Kings in that game. They're up for a bigger test against the Cheetahs on Saturday or on Friday. Sorry. um Yeah, they, they named the team this morning. Similar enough team to the couple of changes here and there. Billy Holland is back to captain the team. Just did what they had to do last week again. Got the bonus point, and that's all that really matters, yeah. you know. And, it, it, it wasn't looking fully on the whole way through but job done I it's, it's, not it's, it's not quite I, th- I think if they come out with a win against the Cheetahs, if they come out with a bonus point win fantastic but if they just get over the line for a win keep their 100% start going before a week's break and then coming back to Ireland for a game against the Aspreys That confidence boost Will be good Especially with the new coaches And stuff That's it Well you'll have one coach Coming fairly soon Because George's participation In the World Cup Is pretty much over So Graham Roundtree the new forwards coach Will be over But there's definitely Been signs of Stephen Arkham's imprint already What I mentioned last week With offloads Being just one Very obvious one It was there in evidence Against the Kings as well Um, Last weekend You know So again Shane Daly Guy I mentioned last week As well Another man of the match Performance That's two games Two man of the match performances for him a um, couple of other players getting a run this weekend as well, younger players, but huge experience within that team as well. So all positive going into that game.
0: Brilliant. And then uh, briefly, we look at the soccer, John. Couple of articles yeah, there's
3: um, Niall uh, O'Carroll, has, uh, his weekly article focuses on gambling, focuses on gambling within sport, but gambling within soccer in particular and with everything that's gone on with Limerick FC this year, it's worth a good read. Elsewhere, Adrian Finnan has an interview with Ballanty Rovers manager, Donald McGee. Um, of course, Bella. As anyone who's interested in junior soccer will know, that they've recruited quite heavily in the last few weeks of Limerick FC players. So Conor Ellis was already there after leaving Limerick yep. FC. Uh, they've also signed Sean Kelly, Limerick FC captain, who had a spell with Bella after he left Limerick FC a couple of years ago. Jason Hughes has re-signed. He was with Bella last season, went to Limerick from them at the beginning of this the League of Ireland season. And Kieran Red Hanlon has also signed for them as well and of course that um, puts him back in partnership with Conor Ellis we saw how they played so well together at League of Ireland yeah. level there were yeah. a handful for every team they came up against God help the defences <laughs> in the Limerick <laughs> district uh, Premier Division because you know that. so Bala yeah recruiting heavily very fascinating interview with Donald McGee on Bala's season so far the new signings and what's ahead for them and ahead of that's day, available in this week's Limerick Post it in is paper
0: and online at sportinglimerick.com and limerickpost.e And John Keogh, thank you very much for joining us Ever so welcome For all your sports news, visit SportingLyric.com, LimerickPost.e And you'll find podcast videos and live streams And much, much more, John, sound More than welcome This week's podcast is sponsored by Therapy Clinic in Limerick And I'm now joined in studio by Rose Rush And myself and Rose Rush were out in Newcastle West recently Rose, how are you getting on? Um
4: Thrilled it's on the page finally, King. Yeah, I know Thank
0: you had a busy you. couple of weeks there with it. I had. Yeah, you did indeed. <laughs> right back at you, son.
4: <laughs> yep.
0: But uh, it was a very enjoyable day out there, Rose. I enjoyed it anyway, and I know Breezy did. Thanks for bringing him along.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was good fun. I just really touched by the welcome and openness of people, even looking for directions on the street, when yeah. people had no idea we'd sort if this is a Limerick Post route and scout of Newcastle <laughs> and West. We're here on our investigative dig. And we were
0: previously in abbey field as well and one thing about the county towns yeah our people are very welcoming and very helpful
4: and what they're managing to do and pull together and have done and built and created each of the two towns i'm just knocked sideways yeah, yeah. by their entrepreneurism their altruism their social and community ability with each other stunning yep That's and lovely, uh lovely experience w- one
0: of your uh Articles in the special feature, which is in this week's Limerick Post newspaper and online at LimerickPost.ie, is the Tidy Towns.
4: That's right, Keith. One of your interviews was with Vicky Nash, who wants the Red Door Gallery there. Now, Vicky Nash is a powerhouse.
0: Now, I spoke to Vicky about the arts and the Red Door Gallery, and you had a chat to her about Tidy Towns. I a chat with her
4: about Tidy Towns. She's a very busy woman. She's a hell of a busy (laughs) woman, and God bless her, even with, uh, she was on crutches at the time dragged herself into us determined to represent newcastle west and the many collaborations and partnerships and all the volunteers working together to enable the tidy towns gig um she makes the point in the interview that it's so much more than about litter it's so much more yeah it's, it's everything to do with the town socially environmentally to do with sustainability gives a sense of pride as well i'd collective imagine effort yeah. so listen they're getting a lot of things right um fortnight after we spoke to Vicky um the results came out from the the national judges and let me read to you we thought the place looked beautiful
0: it did yeah it did and the
4: square always looks well, you you can't just be knocked out yeah. right but they, we went into various nooks and crannies. Yeah. And we just walked just from the square snippers. over to
0: the Desmond complex and we got to see different parts of the town as well. It was
4: nice. Yeah, we yeah. sure did, we sure did. So like we we kind of totally, fully endorse what the official commentary is, but because they're professional, these judges, we'll, 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 we'll tell you how they described Newcastle West. Um, I'm telling you here in print that the remarks were detailed and positive, especially about the accessible, and then the quote begins quite wonderful walks for people of all ages and abilities around the castle domain there's a skateboard park playground tennis court they're all among the facilities available in the park and there's as we we agree there's there's a lot more than sort of the highlight of the square and the uh, desmond castle there uh the judges like the number of quote pocket parks around the town and the river arrow and they found again, quote, the grotta area quite beautiful with evergreen shrubs and a great array of colourful pollinator friendly flowers. Excellent. That's lovely. Way to go. Yeah. And
0: yeah. very true as well.
4: Glad to have your hometown.
0: Yeah. And then uh, another part of your feature, Rose, looks at uh, Nockfirna.
4: Yeah. No. Did I say that right? I did. Nockfirna, yeah, yeah. yeah. That translates into our, our lovely Irish language, na Nockfirna, the hill of truth its on 150 acres of land that, and usually, nobody owns. Okay. In search of but nobody's really responsible with. And the locals look to uh, how the weather or clouds are gathering on the summit or not, to give a very accurate, you know, environmental weather report immediately to their area. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> great. Now, Knockfiorina uh, itself is outside of Newcastle West but between, let's say, Newcastle West and Ballingarry. And it is now of national, of international uh, importance as it is a famine memorial. And a significant person driving this is one of my all-time favourites for donkey's years to deal with through the property desk. He's the auctioneer and antiques dealer at in Newcastle West. His name is Pat O'Donovan. But Pat's big passion in life and complementary to his antique dealing is history, and local history, and the people in his neighborhood, mm-hmm. and who they are and who they were. And what he tells me is, Nakfirina Heritage Society, there are about ten of us, we're old-age pensioners, men and women, and they have got the funding together over years and years, various endeavors, to really advance this project. And it's astonishingly beautiful. He explains the whole concept behind uh, Nakfirna. Um, Originally, Nockfirna was a site of the festival of Lúnasa, one of the oldest Irish festivals that is celebrated on the last Sunday of July and August, the coming of the harvest. July was the hungry month, with all the crops used up. So, to the end, you know, coming to the end of July was was really a very very festive occasion, and it was also a uh, place there for other kalur in the whole lot. Now. Pat's own expense he's remade over um, a, a historic property there called the Rambling House and that's an open house he said finally after 30 years he's able to get insurance for it so if, if our people packed in illicitly before for the good crack and you know music playing and storytelling at least now there's legitimacy with <laughs> <laughs> respect to an insurer so they have to be less secretive about their comings together and um, He's made that over, and he talks to me about other sort of relics and artifacts around the place. There's a sweat box. Now, that's a replica of a sort of a hot box that a fevered and sick person would be placed into to sweat off their illness. Hay would be burned and stacked up on top, and you sort of, you're slid in and out of this hot box. Now, I've no idea how the quantity of dehydration prompts to an invalid by spending time in a hot box on top of your illness, uh, really chased off tuberculosis or whatever, but uh, it, it it was a done thing. <laughs> um, the funding stuff, that, anyway. Reader, there's a great deal more to that he wants to tell us within this interview, including the ten famine houses that are restored to roof level, and um, the wall that's a uh, hundred metres long, built of limestone and uh, limestone and sandstone, and that's elaborated upon. With statistics, pictorials, shanuckle, everything to do with what it is with being a Limerick and local person from that environment, from population statistics pre famine to post famine. Uh-huh. That's a change. And uh, so the, there's just wonderful reading, and he's the most uh, interesting, 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 humble, and occasionally cranky man to talk to. But always <laughs> entertaining. And always there's a lovely Patrick. photo
0: of Nero Breezy as well
4: uh um as you said in house, <laughs> when i looked is have we any of pat smiling which isn't an everyday occasion fun as <laughs> he is kian your only retort to me was well breezy is the star in this he <laughs> looks great so this photograph is staying on page 38 so um breezy and oh it's a nice michael photo harnett. it is <laughs> <laughs> you would say that <laughs> breezy and michael harnett look look well and pat um Pat looks as if you're really boring into his soul there, Kim <laughs> as you do.
0: There we always in this feature. There's something for everyone, I think. We have sports, we have tidy towns, we have history and heritage, and we also have fashion.
4: We have music generation, we have the dance yeah. centre, the Desmond Complex. Um, but for people listening... You can scan Keen's QR code in the print edition yep. and online as well. And that'll take you through his tunnel of interviews, which is an entirely opposite set to my own. We're very, very keen on this. Respect but complimentary. Work. There was so much. There's yeah. so many facets to Newcastle West. We got to spend another three days and yeah. not come to the end of our dig. But uh, Keen has another tunnel of information to bring you through. Uh, OK, I'm a girl. You're a boy. That's true. We both have an ad to fashion sometimes.
0: Uh, one of us does <laughs> I won't say which <laughs> one <too> <laughs> okay
4: well two of our delightful interviewees I have to say both hand and glove in GAA Margaret Hannon runs the laundry shop delegate out there Margaret gave us a really really what a gallop through all of Newcastle West challenges and achievements in the last couple of years, she's chairman of the GAA out there. She she sets context for the growth over decades of Newcastle West as a fashion destination. And Maria Field of Ella Maria, she's also a GAA coach. I think that's the unit you had with her, correct?
0: Uh, yeah, she was chatting. Well, she spoke briefly about the fashion out in Newcastle West, but mostly she spoke about uh, her input in the GAA. She's not involved in the Newcastle West parish of GAA, but she's involved in the GAA.
4: So um, she was kind enough to hold court at the Limerick Post. She took us up three floors. So we had this ringside view of this sun-swept um, Newcastle West Square where I was tied to a gay post with Breezy, um, your mongrel, for some time. while well, you did your interviews. Thank you, yeah. Ian. Thank yeah. you, Rose. Please, has got sunburned. <laughs> so, um, but she spoke very um, respectfully and lovingly of, number one, what it's like to be a boutique owner or a men's outfitter or sort of an accessory shop shoot shop whatever it is at newcastle west there are about 16 boutiques um, there's a lot out there is isn't there is yeah. a great deal i know newcastle west is our county capital but this is an extraordinary cluster many of them high end so i talked to her about that and she comes back with there are all different price levels yeah. available and again she iterates and reiterates to me how individual the shops are, that they're very conscientious about grooming their own labels and growing mm-hmm. their own labels only. They do not repeat or thieve. And she says, you know, it's gas. They all travel to you know, Milan or London or to Paris or to Germany for the trade fairs. And then they go, um, London's a particular site for merchandisers and agents representing European houses. And so she said, look, we, we all travel the same time of year. And the, the, the thing you'd never suspect is um, the buying season for six months in advance. It's during the kids holiday time. It's like, you know, early January and it's summer when the kids are off and like being a homemaker and flying out of the country, be you male or female as well. She said, look, are the kids all right? She said, that's the, that's, <laughs> that's the big bother. And so I asked her a couple of things about, you know, honing your eye with respect to the huge investment every retailer would have to make yeah. in the fashion in with respect to sourcing stock and buying it in advance storing it and then praying to God it will sell to the likes of you and me uh, further down the line it's it's high risk uh, but I gather from her absolute you know joy in the job we both loved what she was wearing
0: we did indeed not
4: necessarily the the, the guna that she changed into for the the interview but we walked in the room and both of us uh, who met Maria differently uh, this sort of gorgeous almost Amish style. You know, loose pastels, you know, big long skirt of pockets worn very over, urban, jazzy pair of very <laughs> urban, yeah, something that you'd yeah. see. Kind of, oh, we thought um, it was just so cool, yeah. so, 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 so very cool, and of course clothing there and in kimono and G boutique, it's still absolutely to live and die for as i sign off on the piece these gorgeous shop windows rival milan's
0: yeah. and what stood out oh, for been me to Milan, by the way she mentioned people travel from all over ireland to shop in newcastle yeah. west which is absolutely. brilliant you know? and
4: they know, yeah. they know their customers they know their customers they know to dress their customers and how very hard they. um the business association council and the, the venues who are like Longcourt and Dan Cronin's and Marguerites for for um, lunch. How they work together to really make this destination catnip and a very joyful and positive experience. Parking's even easy and everything is compact. You can walk around so and we one both day, agree you know, we're that. going to sign yeah. out of the Limerick Post one day Kane. we're going to get a little bag a little Hansel of money from the, the <laughs> cash till here at front desk or the safe when our accountant isn't looking we're going to go <laughs> out and we're going to commit to dressing more than breezy for the day out there okay
0: sounds good yeah. Rose deal all of that feature is available in this week's Limerick Post newspaper and it will be online at Limerick Rose Rush thank you for joining me and have a lovely day
4: it, thank you <laughs>
0: So that's it for this week's Limerick Post News Roundup. I'm your host, Keane Reinhardt. I'd like to thank Rose Rush for joining me, our journalist Bernie English, Megan Scully from the Limerick Post Show and John Keogh from Sporting Limerick. For all your news, sports, arts, entertainment and much, much more, visit LimerickPost.ie where you can keep up to date with all Limerick news by following the hashtag Keeping Limerick Posted across all social media channels. I'm your host, Keane Reinhardt, and we really are Keeping
1: Limerick Posted.